daring adventurers, dastardly villains, and dangerous climbs. This is Brutal Critical. Welcome back to Brutal Critical, everybody. I am your illustrious DM, Michael Merritt, and with me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Playing Campbell Borto, we have Sam Capic. Soon to be Dragon Slayer. <laughs> Playing Stikander Yarenson, we have Gordon Proctor. Currently a Dragon Rider. Ooh. Oh. Or Clinger to. Whatever. And playing your Anna Rapper, and we have Savannah Merritt. Who would rather never meet another dragon in her lifetime. <laughs> Who would rather? <laughs> <laughs> that's she's that's that's just how she feels, you know. Most of the dragons we've met have been kind of jerks. Mm-hmm. Except Not the white one. one. She was alright. Yeah, she was alright. He did try to eat you like three times before. Yeah, yeah but he I missed. Think... <laughs> I think the only reason she's on her side is because I rolled really high on charisma or something. Yeah. All right. Last time on Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, you guys continued your fight against all of the animatronics and the big demons and the monsters and the dragons and all of that. And we ended up with Storn and and Steg clamoring onto the dragon with Winifred turning into a silver dragon and everyone else on the ground trying to figure out what to do. And that's where we find our adventurers actually as the dragon attacks Winifred with a beam. He is not going to be doing it in a line like he does. He's just going to be concentrating it on this new threat, which ups the damage considerably when you point to point. So she needs to make a dexterity saving throw or be bamboozled. She's a dragon. She She'll be fine. She failed. Oh. <laughs> Yorba, you lied to me. <laughs> very, very Sorry, funny. magic is, is so wishy-washy. It's my peak magic. <laughs> but she does get her adult silver dragon hit points because it's polymorph, so. Yep. And it's going to do 95 damage. Ah. Oh. Whoa. And knock her back off the roof. No, put her down. The other token down there. All right, that is the Shardlin Dragon's turn. Yeah, so this beam of light splashes over Winifred and knocks her off the roof, doing a shitload of damage. The relentless juggernaut known as Timothy is going to do his damnedest to join the other two on the creature. He's going to take a 
flying leap and attack with his executioner's pick twice. They I'm so proud of you, Timothy. Hit that is a meet it, beat it. And he will do this damage and also grab on 18 damage. To the Charlin Dragon. Alright. And he is he is effectively stuck onto this dragon. That is our boy stay. I'm going to climb up a little bit so I'm on its back so I'm not just hanging on by a thread. And make some attacks. I would like to do so with advantage because I'm on the dude. Let me see. He is... If he is a siege beast, it will not count. He is a siege monster. Yep. Basically acts as a vehicle. You're just going to attack him. So just... Oh, I just want to look a hole in the gas can, in the gas canister, and we'll run out of theme eventually. Okay. <laughs> Twenty-seven to hit. For the yeah, first yeah, that'll hit. Jackass. You gave me this. <laughs> Thirty-four damage. Well, first you smash into the dragon and its armor begins to leak out radiant light. Ooh. Nice. Let's keep doing that. Yeah. What's... Is there anything underneath the armor? You can't see. Let's take a... Take a shot in the light. Just get in there. Where, wherever the scale came off, I'm just going to dig into it. Okay. Run. 26 to hit. That's a hit. 22 more damage. As you dig your axe in, the Shardolin dragon lets out a shriek Ooh. and tumbles out of the sky will take 5d6 fall damage. That is 17 force damage. Okay. Storm will also take 17 force damage. As will Relentless Juggernaut. As you guys plummet to the ground in a radiant explosion of fire the you still have one more attack right no that was your second attack nope, that was my second one the dragon lays on the ground weakly kicking its legs and it then begins to its plates begin to double back on themselves seeming to open up like a trans kind of like a uh, an Autobot and its chest opens up revealing a radiant light 
inside. Somebody smash it. That's Yora. Yora, smash it. Oh, golly gosh. Okay. So, which direction is is this radiant light? Basically, can I see the radiant light hole? Everybody can see that this thing is opening up. I can, but I have like eyesight on the radiant hole. Yes. Okay. Then. Oh yeah. Okay. Is it considered prone right now? No, not really. Oh. oh, oh. Well, I'll still give it a try. I'm going to step out from behind. A rock. Not a boulder. It's a rock. I'm going to whack my mace on the ground. Okay. And pull upwards, activating the sapphire on the mace's on one of the mace's faces, and cast tidal wave directed into the hole. Okay, you're gonna need to read me that spell. You conjure up a wave of water that crashes down on an area within range. The area can be up to 30 feet long, 10 feet wide, and up to 10 feet tall. Each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 4d8 bludgeoning damage and is knocked prone. On a successful save, a creature takes half as much damage and isn't knocked prone. The water then spreads out across the ground in all directions, extinguishing unprotected flames in its area and within 30 feet of it, and then it vanishes. It's a dexterity save? A dexterity save! Alright, everybody that's on the dragon needs well, to make a dexterity save as well. Nope, so it can be up to 30 feet long, 10 feet wide, and up to 10 feet tall. So I'm going to make it skinny and directed exactly into the hole. I'm not going to make it its full width and height, so that I can avoid all the people. The... I have a laser beam. Yeah, it's a water yeah. laser beam! It's a water jet. <laughs> it washes over that portion of the dragon, and the light fades a little bit, mm-hmm. but does not extinguish. Ooh. Does it pass? Does it fail? Dexterity save. A dexterity save. It fails. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, this is so exciting. 4d8. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have your d8s ready? No. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Whoa! Seven, six, seven. That's fourteen. That's twenty. Um, twenty, twenty-two, and then. Oh! Okay. Six, six, eight. That's another twenty, and then so that's we're at forty-two right now. Am I crazy? No. Yeah. Only forty-eight. Yeah. And then a three, so it's 45 damage! <laughs> Wait, did she just get a seven up? 
So, ball of radiant energy fell out of this thing. Mm-hmm. That seems dangerous. And I feel like if it gets smashed, it's gonna do something bad. Like it'll explode. So, I'm going to walk up to it. And I will reach my hands out and attempt to call out to Kasuth to uh, extinguish and tame this radiant fire that powered this machine. Okay. Is that something that I can uh, attempt? You can most certainly try. All right. What would you like for me to roll for that? Probably religion. Religion. That makes sense. Pretty high. All right. Actually, I'm gonna roll the. I'm gonna roll the new die. <laughs> Natural twenty, so thirty minus one. Hey! Woo! For new die. New die. Luck. The vibe check. You're not gonna new roll higher works. than a four ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's going straight in the bin. second yeah no worries i imagine in the list of possibilities this wasn't super high no about as high as you can get right yeah, the session list of possible things that we would do to <laughs> get rid of the thing <laughs> it's like oh god steg's gonna hit that and it looks like it's something that could probably explode you can see steg eyeball at it <laughs> That looks so smashable. It's like, no, stick. No. (laughs) No touchy. No touchy. Don't touch the fiery volleyball. 
But a national on a religion, Jack, will allow you to basically you hear the, the amulet around your around your neck vibrates a little bit, and you hear the whisper of two words for that. Just free it. Roulette Campbell. I'm gonna reach out to the orb and attempt to to free it. See if I can open this up with my hands. It you take five radiant damage for even getting like close to touching it. That's okay. I can push through that. Okay. You grasp onto it. Mm-hmm. And your fingers touch what appears, what feels like a moving piece, like a gear almost, or like a, like a ring. All right. I'm going to try and pop out that gear or ring. Uh, you pick the whole thing up. Okay. And you can feel other rings beginning to bite into your hand. As they're trying to also turn. What do you do with it? Let's see. I'm going to try and... Just try and pull them apart at this point. Just open this thing up. Crack it open like a bitey, fiery walnut. Make an athletic check for me. Absolutely. Come on, Campbell. You're good at those. You used to work on a boat. <laughs> all right, 18. So you pull with all of your might as Brian Shander burns around you and the sounds of combat begin to fade away into the distance. And with a metallic ring, the almost like a little bell, the pieces come apart and there's a bright flash and the tinkling of metal. And you hold in your hand two rings, the rest of which lays on the ground, and you recognize a larger version of the artifact that Steg carries. All blacked out, completely powerless. And once the spots fade from your eyes and you look up, there is a sight you've never beheld before. A massive creature. Serpentine with white and golden scales and feathery wings that extend beyond its from its mid-body. Those also white, tipped in radiance. It stares down at you with glittering golden eyes and says, Thank you and then sails off into the sky in the journal not that color obviously but that's what it is I think Campbell he drops the rings and then falls flat on his ass at that point the Shardolin dragon has been vanquished (laughs) holy moly 
Wow. Oh. I expect a lot of things, wasn't that? Wait, did we see the the dragon? Oh yeah. Yes, oh. absolutely. What what was that? Could I make a history it's... or a religion check to see what was that? Uh, I would have to be a religion check. Alright. They do not they do not normally exist on this on this plane. I will um Ooh help you with my religion knowledge as well. Alright, so I'll roll that with advantage. Mm-hmm. Okay. That helped. Uh, an 18 total. That is a coatl. Also known as an angelic dragon. It is they exist normally in the seven heavens attending to Bahamut. Those specific ones, the golden ones, are attendants of Bahamut. Well, glad he's free at this point. Can't imagine what he felt being trapped in this thing. Oh... Uh shit did Zardarok get a hold of one of those well if he's working with uh, or if he was working with Levistus it's not completely written out blows my fucking mind there was a, a fucking angel inside of this dragon thing yeah oh wait what yeah, is, I'm, wait, I'm glad is, you didn't smash that stag I, uh, I feel bad for wanting to. I mean, it's natural. <laughs> Was is the Shardland dragon just like a husk now? Yeah, it's just pieces of of faded black ice. Fucking good riddance. I mean, I suppose we could do something with the pieces. We should check on the rest of the town first. Hopefully, with yeah. uh, this thing finally done and dusted all the people who were driven to fight each other snap back to reality that's a good point we haven't seen anybody in a while mm, we haven't yeah. seen anybody in like a minute exactly <laughs> a um, whole minute <laughs> yeah it's been like 30 whole minutes 30 seconds <laughs> yeah we <laughs> We, we took a break in that tavern and then came here. We should probably find... Cora. Oh. See how she's doing. We should find Cora. We should find Beth and Kev. Off to the side, Winifred, who is in her human form once again having had her hit points knocked all the way down in that blast. Damn, uh, good one shot. Some, some dry blood dripping yeah, from I her mouth relate. is yeah. speaking to the 
nearly destroyed form of Timothy's, also known as Gothmog. Not what this says. Well, some of us aren't metagaming, child. <laughs> you can't look up stat blocks. That's why I what changed. Do you mean? Hot tortured demon guy has nothing to do with stats and everything to do with appearances. <laughs> uh, he's super fucked up. He's talking about the fucking <laughs> the label for Timmy. Yeah. On the Albert Rodeo. Demon guy. <laughs> the relentless juggernaut walks up to a battered Winifred and says our deal has been fulfilled I can no longer ask you to protect me I return do what you must and Winifred looks up at him and says I, I don't think I can then I will do what I must. And he takes the raven scythe and plunges it into his own gut. It drops to, he drops to his knees and the ground beneath him opens up the screams of tortured souls pouring out, hands grasping at his limbs and pulling him in to the abyss. Was literally a hot, tortured demon guy. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that was traumatic. <laughs> so it was that all. Ah, uh, never mind. Yeah, we'll never we'll mind. worry about that later. Yeah, let her let her stuff first. That's let's go find everybody. See how they're doing. Yeah, we should check on Marigold and Cora. Probably Cora first. We haven't mm. seen her yet. That's true. As you guys wander through the streets, the devastation around you is absolute. Nothing stands over over the first story. Most buildings are collapsed, burned, destroyed. The carapaces of Hysterian drones lie all over, and the bodies of the defenders as well. At least the civilians were incontinent. Oh, we gotta get them back. Luckily, you evacuated the civilians. Because the devastation here is beyond comprehension. The the streets run red with the blood of the defenders. And the area is quiet. There's no pain screams of the injured or you know shouts for shouts for like search parties there's just silence yeah 
think Gamble's gonna silently walk towards where that dome earlier was erected. I don't think he feels the need to break that silence. As you walk through, you finally, you, you have to make your way to the center of town to get to where uh, Cora was. And you find your first fallen Grim Knight. The spearman known as John. He lies with his back against one of the larger destroyed houses, a ring of discarded metal pieces that made up the Majin and four Isterian drones. He's covered from head to toe in wounds. The most lethal of which being the snapped off sword-like claw of an Asterian Joan that protrudes from his chest. His eyes are clouded. And he sits with his spear and his shield across his lap. I think Campbell would close his eyes and then move on. As you enter the center of town, you find a a, bat- a, a full-on battlefield. An overwhelmed barricade. And the huddled corpses of many, many ten-towners. Soldiers, farmers, fishermen, grim acolytes, and grim knights. Fallen. Among the dead, you recognize faces. Anubis, the archer. Kalen, the sorcerer. The one that stayed with you guys. Yeah. In in Yora's house that night. The one that protected you in Caradon of all. Against the, the hordes of ghouls. <laughs> and many others. You recognize the face of a very courageous Scramsax. The owner of the North Look, where you all met. You... And finally, in a... In a full ring... In the middle of a ring surrounded by... Dead, grim acolytes and soldiers... Is... Fefmorin. He was locked in battle against what appeared to be one of the giant blade constructs that you fought in single combat. His body is filled with the shards of metal. He's pierced 
10, 15 times. But all around him lay the remnants of his victorious battle. And the revenant that was once Fef Morin lies on his back holding his the symbol of his order that dangles around his neck staring sightlessly up at the sky a smile on his face Yora's gonna run up to him she drops everything and runs she's no 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 I'm going to cast Revivify. He's long gone. Oh. She's just going to hold him. And cry. And as you guys kind of look around... The final casualty lists of the 1200 that went into battle, you saved 1500 of the people, the, the civilians of the 1200 that went into battle, roughly 300 survived. Around 150 of them are Brian Shander natives, and the rest are refugees from other settlements. Scram sacks seem to have fallen to the dragon. A scarred, but otherwise alive, Devessa Shane administers healing to as many people as possible. She and Speaker Speaker Max of Targos are the only speakers to the, that lived. A horribly injured but resolute Cora supports her sister Winifred as they mourn over the body of Marigold. Who unleashed a wave of chaos before her death. The section of town that she was protecting, a burnt husk, seemingly from seven fireballs streams of lightning damage and and many other casts she seems to have expended all of her spells and finally was overcome Standing amongst the remaining Grim Knights, 
is Korra's son, Hanar. The newly promoted leader of the Grim Knights. They stand nearby as Yora weeps over her fallen friend in resolute silence. Their job done, but at what cost? All in all, the Ten Towns is devastated. The loss is... will take decades to recover. We pick up with our adventurers a week after the fight. They stay in what's left of the North Look, recovering from their wounds and generally helping the wounded. You guys sit in the dark tavern, which lies empty, probably never to reopen since Scramsack's past heroically you are free to RP what do you say after everything like that you know when it comes to blows like this other than uh, Oral will die on my word Agreed. I keep thinking back to that first day that we met, Stag. Sorry, Campbell, you weren't here yet, but we met in this tavern. As we were doing, we had silly personal agendas and... If we hadn't gone off on our journey, I was like, I was thinking, oh, none of this would have happened. Everybody would have been fine, but this would have happened. Nobody would have been fine. This is bullshit. I agree. Arl must die. And Levistus with her while we're at it. Though that may take a little more time. Give it a damn good shot. Where... Where do we start to look for her? (laughs) When Campbell was first introduced, you had mentioned that he knew of where she was, if I'm not mistaken. Roughly. Roughly. You You know that she makes her lair somewhere out in the sea of moving ice. That's where we start our search. Well, I can possibly help with that. Valen Harple enters the half-destroyed tavern. 
for those who don't remember, Villain Harple introduced herself at the right before the dragon attacked. And she said that once once this was taken care of, she had the means to to destroy Oral the Frost Maiden, but they, she needed their help as well in exchange. Mm. And then she well, would talk to them about it after the battle, if everyone lived. That's right. Well, it seems as though all the conditions are met. Listen, I need your help to find an ancient city buried under the ice. City, Yithrin. It's a lost fragment of the Empire of Netheril. The wizards that created many of the magic items that we find scattered across the world today, and the creators of those uh, automatons that you fought a week ago. It holds magic beyond our wildest dreams. We might even find something to truly end this hateful winter. Well, it sounds like the best shot we've got. Other than knocking on Oral's front door and taking her on. Do you have any leads on where we could start to look? Ah. For the city or for Oral? Well, you've agreed to help if we find the city. Yes. Uh, using divination magic, the Arcane Brotherhood has learned that the city is buried deep inside the Regate Glacier. But the glacier can be cracked open at a place where a waterfall once flowed down its side. It's frozen now. But we have discovered it. We just need to, the magic to break open the glacier. Have I been to that spot before? You know... You know of the of several waterfalls connected to the Raya Glacier. The Raya Glacier is pretty dangerous, even for the tribespeople. It's clearly the the lair of many nasties, as well as just unbearably cold, even for natives. Is this, if you're looking at the map, this cluster on the right-hand side? This cluster? What? Like all this white stuff on the right-hand side. That's yeah. right here, yes. That's the Reggae Glacier. And that's This is the Sea of Moving Ice to the northwest. Wait, so... so you don't have the means to um, do what we have to do there right now. No. And who does? Well, here's where you're going to be excited. You see, we actually have to do this in reverse. We're not going to be getting to be able to get in there without the codicil of white. Codicil of white is 
guarded heavily by Oral's followers. Now it's rumored to contain a spell or ritual that can carve a passage through the Regeg Glacier under which the lost city of Yithrin can be di- uh, is buried. Mm-hmm. Now my divination magic has revealed that the book is being held in a frost giant fortress on a mist-shrouded isle in a sea of moving ice. Well, Campbell, it sounds like we're hitting the ocean again. Huzzah! Seems to be the case. Now, I need to be alive for the journey into the Reggae Glacier, so I will not be accompanying you to the Sea of Moving Ice, but in my stead, I will send a guide of sorts. A colleague known as Professor Scant. And she pulls out of her bag a little blue orb. Says this is Professor Scant. This orb that is, a- is an orb. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this orb, the orb, is a family heirloom that was stolen from me by a former, a former colleague. I managed to get it back. The orb has a personality of sorts. It has a soul, and his name is Professor Scant. Once we gather the the codicil. Professor Scant can help us within the within the Reggae Glacier. So is Professor Scant alive and conscious? Yes, hold on. And she like flicks it with her finger. It makes a light little tinking noise almost like it's a ball of glass. And then it lights up blue and begins to hover. It says, oh, hello. My name is Professor Scant. It is glorious to meet you. Every time it speaks with each uh, syllable, it's glowing, brightens for a second. It like it like strobes. Big monitor vibes from Halo. Very much so. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to turn down any help. No. Scant, do you know how to get to this island we're looking for? I know of a certain craft that can take you to the island. Other than that, I have I have several different areas of expertise. So no. I suppose, uh, where I is this craft? I can lead you. Okay, you didn't say craft. that. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Even though it doesn't have, like, a front to it, you can almost feel it turning to Vel and Harpo and going, Really? This is yeah. who you're leaving me, me with? Sorry, Professor, it's kind of been a shit week. So, Oh, I don't know. It seems there's been a battle. I guess that's a word yeah, well, for it. Population of 10 towns is reduced by 75%. No big deal. 
Oh dear. That's terrible. I'm so sorry to hear it. Now. Once you've rested up, we can continue onward. To save this frozen wasteland that you call home. It wasn't always a wasteland, but it's always been pretty cold. It wasn't always a wasteland, but it's definitely home. Again, I'm sorry for your loss. I suppose we should start uh, making our preparations. Hitting the road once again. Most certainly. Alright. So, I guess, what time is it right now? It's roughly midday. Mm. I know we're all just itching to get back out there, but I kind of vote on one more night in civilization before we set off to frozen waters. Yeah, we can spend the rest of the day just getting our stuff in order before we hit the road tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I got some stuff I need to look after. Mm-hmm. So you guys can spend some downtime if you wish. Just a day. What are you guys doing to prepare? I need to figure out who's left alive from the tribe. Well, not the tribe, but the the people. Yes, the folks. The folks. You can wander about. The the tribe was similarly ravaged, but a heavily injured Feth Morin is in recovery in the medical tents that have been erected. You mean um, Kath? Kath. What did I say? Feth Morin. Kath. You even said his last Kef. name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kath. Epithorn. And for the most part, the people, they did their best, you know, but, you know, there's only so much they could do. And there were many casualties. There you are, you lazy bastard. Uh, my king. You don't have uh, to get he, up. Yeah, he's attempting <laughs> to get up. <laughs> Sit out. It is good to see you alive. Just narrowly so, but yeah. Find the dragon well, in and... Yeah, well. Uh, our people will sing songs of your flight on the dragon. Oh, you heard about that. Hmm. That was called. What now? The falling to the ground, not so much, but, you know. Well, you know, you were always quite heavy. Nice. Fat jokes. (laughs) (laughs) 
pass it to the barbarian king with a real nice. <laughs> yeah, just zero. <laughs> Neither one of them having a single bit of fat on them. No, they're yeah. just they're just laughing with their twelve packs. <laughs> Basically, yeah. We're gonna be departing in the morning for the Sea of Moving Ice. Why are you going there? Short version, uh, a a book that has a spell that cracks a glacier to find a lost city, and then magic boys will help us beat the snow bitch. So, to end this hellish winter. A step in that direction, yeah. It'll it'll be better to just tell everyone that that's what you're doing. (laughs) Put it into the winter. Yeah. But obviously you deserve to know the full full details. What do you want us to do while you are gone? Gather yourselves. Forge an alliance with the uh, the werefolk. Become one tribe again. And head into the tundra? Not yet. It's still very dangerous and we're too few in number to risk it. We'll stay here then and help these people. We can lend her strength to rebuild. Her At least arms a little bit. Are so skinny. <laughs> we are thick, bicep and quad. We can and in the head. That goes without saying. <laughs> Have you seen? A big white dog around here. You speak of frost. Yeah. No, they... They ran into the tundra when the dragon attacked. Okay. They weren't going to be much use against a robot army. No, of course not. Just, you know, he disappears whenever he feels like it. Like to know where he is. I think he's like the king of wolves now. I'm not sure. Huh. <laughs> Good for him. Of, they just kind of like follow him wherever he goes and he goes wherever he wants. Good for him. Well, if you see him, tell him where we're at. I will. My king. Once, you know, he looks down at his at his bandaged abdomen. Once my intestines are not spilling out of a hole in me. Oh, you passed the stinky soup test. Yes. Good. <laughs> well, I'll leave you be. I am going to take a long nap. Not too long. Not There's like still things to be done. Not the big sleep. <laughs> just a nap. No, he, I'm just calling you lazy. Oh. <laughs> he he's he half-heartedly swats at you. He's still very weak. Alright. Get some rest. I'll I'll see you. He's already <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem, man. 
<laughs> and as you leave, he op- as you leave, he opens one eye and and once you're departed, he, he's gonna lean over, reach under the bunk, and take a swig from a mead a, a mead horn. Ugh, that will help. And then, hey, I smelled <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Aggressive sniffing. <laughs> Fuckers <laughs> drinking without me. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, I feel like Yora in her downtime. I feel like after the death of Feb and just the general destruction, when Yora is not helping out, she needs to keep herself occupied. Mm-hmm. So. She found a bunch of people in town who could knit and set up a stitch and bitch session. Um, <laughs> itch and with bitch. The, for the people that, that, that do fiber crafts, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to need you to define that. <laughs> Just a bunch of people doing fiber arts and bearing their souls, gossiping, you know, doing just, just talking. Um, poor shit. So, but I think she started like an impromptu therapy session that she now goes to, and it's just a bunch of circles of people <laughs> stitching and doing fiber arts that um, Yora walks around to and casts prayer of healing over time with each little group. Cover from their trauma. Exactly. We're recovering from our trauma. I'm teaching Bastion how to knit. Bastion is is no longer has legs. He is just a torso, arms, and a head. Oh no. Uh, he got hurt in the fight. Big big hurt in the fight. But he's fully functional. Like he's he's like like doing stuff. He's just kind of stuck in one place. The people that he saved are setting up a a large sled to be pulled by Marigold's polar bears so that he can move around. Incredible. How are you doing today, Bastion? As as we're sitting next to each other knitting. I really wish to take a walk. Oh, gosh. Well, pretty soon you'll be able to bear around. That makes me happy. As he scritches one of the polar bears under the chin that are sitting next to him. They lost their mama. So they have bonded. Is is that a, a polar bear earmuff that you're making there? I am attempting to make ear protection for my Earthside companions. I think they'd appreciate that. <laughs> I cannot live knowing that my poor, poor bear friends have cold ears. So, Bastion, the outcasts are headed out tomorrow. Indeed. We have another mission. 
and I mean, I know that you and I are bound, but I don't want to force you to go to the Sea of Floating Ice with me if you don't want to. He looks down to where his legs should be. I think I would only be a hindrance. You could never be a hindrance, Bastion. You've given so much of yourself again and again. A random villager comes walking up to Bastion and says, Uh, Bastion, can we possibly have the other one? We need it to erect a, a, a pole. Of course. And he, that's when you notice that he is missing one of the blades that normally is affixed to his wrist. And he unscrews the other one and gives it to the guy who totters off with it because it's so big and heavy. (laughs) I have given up fighting as it is. I think I will learn a skill so that I may be of use instead of just dead weight. Well, I would never say that you're a dead weight, Bastion. But... It seems as though your presence is quite a boon here. What skill do you think you're going to learn? Hmm. I think either farming or I will become a fisher bot. Both very honorable professions. I will become Troutsbane. <laughs> Troutsbane. Bastion Troutsbane. <laughs> All right. So what I'm hearing is that when we arrive safely back and the sun is shining again, you're going to have some fantastic trout for us to eat. That is the goal, Master. <laughs> you can just call me Yora. That is the goal, Master Yora. I think Yora's gonna like lean up against him as they're knitting. He's going to encircle Yora with one of his gigantic arms and continue knitting. Mm-hmm. I'll check in every day. I would like that. We'll keep going. And what is our wabbit friend up to? I think since he heard. Cal's voice come from the amulet. He's going to spend a lot of time with it, particularly helping people light fires and uh, to keep them warm and spending some time sitting with the amulet, saying some prayers to Kasuth before he moves on to like the next family or group of people that need some warmth. The, the amulet is silent the whole time. Hope you're doing all right, buddy. But the people you become known as around town as like the guy who has the fire. And you are you're constantly asked to light create warmth for people. And eventually it definitely endears you to the people 
the people welcome you around any campfire, most of which you created. I think that he likes you that he's being shut kept me from the campfire. <laughs> I am the campfire. <laughs> I made this. And I don't know if it's super possible to make scrolls to help people of like uh, control flames to help people light up fires because it's a cantrip. Unfortunately, the incredibly powerful wizard died in the fighting. And wizards are the ones that make spell scrolls. Ah, true. You mean to tell me one of the, the harpals can't fuck around and help with that? Well, I was going to say, if that's... There's only one harple. The, the harple? If that's the uh, case, no, then... She's not a wizard. I think that Campbell yeah. would try to help set up a new position for someone in his stead where there's going to be one large fire pit in the center of town that's always kept going and then people can use that as a light for torches to bring back and bring warmth to their family yes and in in and for years after the eternal flame would be a source of warmth in Brian Chander kept alight by the keeper of the flame the next day you just start a religion a little uh, bit <laughs> there's definitely some undertones of Kasuth in there yeah yeah, a new sect of it's like a more powerful flame it's not necessarily like an eternally burning flame but it it like it's harder it take, takes more to put it out yeah. the next day we find our adventurers at the gates of Brian Shander with their bags packed and ready for the road. Their friends, the survivors, there to wave them off. Cora giving each of them a hug. Winifred giving Stag a slap on the arm because he saved her. <laughs> she saved uh, herself. And then you guys hit the road, headed for the coast behind a an exuberant and chatty professor orb known as Professor Scant. And that is where we will end our session. Ooh, I got a feeling he's going to get on our nerves. No. Almost assuredly. A talking orb? <laughs> that we can't even, like, shut up physically? Like, just... just you <laughs> can't mush him. How do you mush an orb? You put him in a bag. This is just muffled talking. I say I appear to be trapped in a bag. Yeah, None of us have silence, so we can't. No. <laughs> I don't suppose we also leveled up in that week. Uh, you absolutely did. Wheat. Uh, I have level access to level, level nine. Let's go. Let's fucking go. go. Uh, mm. Baby. Double digits. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about. Well, the rest of us plebeians are only at level 9. I broke 15. 
I broke 50. I'm now at 51. I'm now at 51. (laughs) Well. Ah, Okay. Do we plug our pluggables? You better believe it. We plug your pluggables. Boy, oh boy. Follow me on Instagram now. It is an authorized entry. Excuse me? Do it now. (laughs) Gotta be assertive. People respect authority. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Brutal Critical Official on Instagram. Uh, brutal underscore Critical on Twitter as of now. Uh, and at Brutal Critical on Twitch. Uh, you can also subscribe to get bonus uh, episodes. Uh, it is uh, two weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I said that it was uh, $10. It's $5 to subscribe. Not a lot. Um, and you get a bunch of bonus episodes. Uh, and uh, that's all I've got. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. If you look. If you look. All you gotta do is look. Gotta look through the past 100 episodes. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, if you want to find me, you can do that at Merrily's Hub on Instagram. That is at M E R R I L Y S A V on Instagram. And for my additional plug this week, I'm just going to ask that every day when you're getting ready for the day, say, you know what? I'm going to slay today. And just elevate it a little bit. You know, whatever you're doing that day, just add a little bit of mmm. That, uh, add some that joie de pizzazz. Yeah, some joie de vivre that just, you know, elevates your day a bit. Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining us in this slog of combat that has happened over the past few episodes. Uh, Remember to take care of yourselves, and as always, keep on rolling. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, y'all. Bye, guys.